Welcome to the B-Sides and Beers podcast. Welcome to B-Sides and Beers episode 23. Tonight we're looking at Iggy Pop's 1977 debut, The Idiot. How are we doing tonight, boys? Good. Excellent. How are you doing? Oh man, burnt out, but uh, we got some we got some good beers tonight. So hopefully things are looking up, and it's fucking Friday instead of our usual Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, special uh, Friday edition. Yeah, special Friday edition. Yes. Well, why don't you kick it off there? What are you drinking? The special beers. Let's. Okay, so I'm trying out. I found a brewery called Taylight Brewing. It is out of Port Coquitlam, BC. And this first one is a Freight Hoppin West Coast IPA, two point or 6.2% strong beer. And the... It's a cool can. It's a killer Whoa. can. It's kind of like <clears throat> uh, graffiti on graffiti on the side of a train. So, you know, hence the, the Freight Hoppin. It's your Hoppin Freights. So, yeah, it's, oh, yes. uh, it's really good. So, Taylight, I've never heard of that brewery. Yeah, I bought I bought one of the four packs. So, yeah, it's good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking a barrel aged coconut imperial stout from the Russell Brewing Company. Whoa! Oh, nice. In Vancouver, yeah, yeah. Which is it's pretty good. It's I just took a few sips right now, and it's super tasty. Seven point <laughs> eight. I'm up in your categories of uh, <laughs> welcome. Percentage, yeah, yeah. Thank Welcome. you very much. Welcome. Uh, it's reminiscent of that classic snow day at the beach, whatever that means. Again, so <laughs> that's a seven point eight comment right there. Seven point eight, yeah. And then I'm gonna go to a uh, Bomber Brewing Local Heroes Double Pilsner. Oh yeah, next. I used so. to drink a lot of that stuff uh, when I first moved here. Did you? Yeah, yeah I've never had this before. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different uh, breweries, I guess, that are kind of attached to this, too. But it's a seventh-year anniversary, um, amped-up German-style <coughs> right pill. So, nice. Yep. I'm going to have to uh, take a take a drive up to your uh, neck of the woods there and check out your stores because I'm, I'm running out of... I'm running <laughs> out of, <laughs> uh, of new things. So, and, and you seem to be finding some some different cool stuff, so... Yeah, like lots in four packs though too. Like I kind of yeah. just wish they were in singles mm -hmm. because sometimes I maybe don't want to try four of them and maybe I'm not going to like it. Usually I do, but yeah, I don't know. I would just rather singles and I can just yeah. buy whatever I want. But well, it's it, it's nice. With, sorry, it's nice with this Tay Light stuff because they've got a four pack, but there's four different in the pack, mm. so it's like a, a multi tester pack of four, which is which I don't know. I think more should do that definitely. Yeah, yeah, all four are the same. I'm just not. If I don't like it, I don't want to drink four of them. But I'm always tempted to just like <laughs> rip that can out of the four pack, walk up there and be like, there's a barcode on it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be 1095. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For one. <laughs> Get out of here. What Which you I got? got I got a Carmelite Triple um, Belgian Trapeze. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good one. Um, 
I, I, I've noticed you guys always say the alcohol percentage, and I don't think I do, but got you guys beat. This is an 8-4, motherfuckers. Damn. Yeah. Wow. It's a it's a it's a tasty beer too. It def, it definitely doesn't taste like an eight four, but I'll be talking like it's an eight four in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. And then on I'm that. gonna yeah pump up the fun I'm level. Wash that down with a, a hoin dark matter, <laughs> which I haven't had in a very long time, but excited to drink. Where's that? Where's that? Hoyne? I yeah, think they're out of Victoria, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. Oh, they don't. There's nothing there's on no here. Either. Fuck! Cut with my pants around my ankles right now. Hoin. <laughs> They're BC for sure. It's always on there. Yeah. Uh, let's just do a quick fucking search. Victoria, yeah. There you go. There they you go. they have um a couple of really nice beers and. Uh, their dark matter is like really popular around here. A lot of people like it, so yeah, it's a good one. Can I see the bottle? Yeah. Can I just see the label on that? Can you see that? Yeah. What's it? I I can see the writing. Is it just kind of like a green mist, it's or like what is the, that? It's um, um, Oriol Borealis, the Northern Lights, Aurora, Aurora Borealis, yeah. and. Um, <laughs> Or the lights, Oreo Borealis, mm, and like Oreos. a constellation of that spells out dark matter. So cool, pretty good. I'm not, I think this is a porter, but uh, let's see here. Dark matter is. I'm like, oh yes, I am legal. <laughs> Just barely. I don't know. Barely. Oh, it's a study. Oh, it's not as roasted as a stout. Mm. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's good. It's dark. I wanted something dark and strong. So, and it's a five point three. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Iggy Pop, the <laughs> idiot. Yes. Yes. So this um, this album has been in the talks for what two years now. I think this was the very first one we spoke about doing when when this whole about this album podcast idea started in our in totally. your garage. It's true, Mike. Yeah. I, I remember I hadn't seen you in probably five years. And uh we were going somewhere in your truck. I drove down from Kelowna, I think, drove over from Kelowna. And uh you're like, Man, I've been listening to Iggy Pop the Idiot. Like all the time it's so good and that was like mm -hmm. oh, when was that when we when we did the ep two years ago this june two yeah years ago in june pretty pretty yeah, close yeah. anyway yeah. yeah yeah i don't know like this is a, a late bloomer in on my <clears throat> top 10 list right like every other one of my top 10s uh maybe with the exception of this and another one i've always had Right. Yep. Like I've, they've always kind of been in my life. Right. But uh, this one is just a last probably three years uh, find. And I feel like uh, the amount that I've listened to it is probably made up <laughs> for that time between the ages of like, you know, I don't know, 10 when you started maybe listening to music by yourself up to, you know, age 40. So 
yeah, just listened to this album a ton. And I just, it was funny because I remember hearing lots about it and I heard, you know, always people talking about geek pop, the idiot. And I, and I'll be honest, all I knew was less for life. That's pretty right. much all I knew, right? Like at that time, I had never really dove into Iggy Pop. I had never, I'd listened to the Stooges, but Iggy Pop solo stuff, I was like, there's so many albums here. I don't even know where to start. Like kind of just got scared off a little bit from it, right? But I was sitting in the Vancouver <clears throat> airport lounge and I was like, all right, I'm going to throw this on, waiting for my plane, going back home, right? Going, taking the plane to Kelowna and I threw it on. And I was like, this is, what's going on? Like, what is this? Right? Like, it just, <laughs> it hit me totally differently than I guess anything I had listened to during that period, right? So uh, I remember I downloaded it, like, right in the airport lounge because when I still had Wi-Fi, right? So I'm like, I downloaded it right to my phone. I listened to it on the entire flight home all the way back to the drive from Kelowna back to Salmonar. Like, I just had it on, like, the entire time. And then, like, the next morning it was on. It was just like... <laughs> continually on and i don't know if you guys do this or not but i do this a ton where i will just listen to an album non-stop yeah like i just I, I don't know if you guys do that but i just i can't get enough of it and i'll just throw it on maybe out of like laziness and boredom maybe a little bit mm -hmm. but at the same time it's just like it's a go-to that i'm like i like this album right now i'm just gonna throw it on non-stop right so that's kind of what i did and I don't know what it is about this album. That's the thing, like trying to kind of collect my thoughts about what to say about this album, but there's just something about it. Like in 38 minutes, it's just wrapped in this nice little package that is just like so loaded. It feels like that, um, but so simple and so repetitive at the same time yeah. um, that, that it just makes it, so good to me I, i'm not i'm not even sure what i can tell you about why i just absolutely love this album but um i mean i think it starts with the cover i think it starts with the fact that you know david bowie is all <laughs> over this thing yeah um, it's you know, uh, I, it's sorry it's it's probably one of my favorite bowie albums <laughs> definitely man but you know i don't think that like i i, I don't think iggy pop will hide that yeah, yeah. right no like, i don't it's, think it's straight up yeah yeah, right. I, I just think it's actually kind of genius to be able to say, this is something that I want to try and I want to do, but I'm not the right guy for the job, but yep. this guy is, Yeah. right? So come on down to Berlin and to France and we're going to record an album and go, you know, bar hopping and disco hopping. I love hopping how they moved to Europe to get off of drugs. To get off. Right? They want to get off smack, so they uh, moved to Berlin. Good job. Yeah, right? Like, there's no drugs there during the night, late 1970s. Just, yeah. you're good, right? And two guys coming in with a lot of money and a lot of power, and it's just like, I don't know. It, it just kind of clicked, right? But I, I, I just like that idea of, being able to use that he used Iggy Pop as the vehicle to what he wanted to get done, but David Bowie could never do that. You know what I mean? David Bowie can do a ton of stuff, but he couldn't do it the way that Iggy Pop did it on The Idiot. And he just kind of used him as that guinea pig and as that vehicle. Right. And I don't know how many people have done that before, but I think so it's kind of genius. You think yeah, that definitely. Bowie was using Iggy Pop as a means to like test out a bunch of shit? 
Uh, not necessarily test out a bunch of stuff. Uh, from a bunch of stuff that I read, uh, he was Iggy Pop was kind of a guinea pig for uh, basically a Bowie project. So Bowie was getting tired of his cycle of changing up his art every album kind of thing. So he almost wanted to just take a break and try and mold and produce someone else's album for the most part. And I mean, like he's, he's all over that, like all over that album. I mean, he's got, what was the, the instrument here? It's so David Bowie or Iggy Pop has vocals. David Bowie is keyboards, synthesizer, guitar, yeah. piano, saxophone, xylophone, backup vocals and production. So he did, yeah everything. everything yeah yeah Kinda. right and like wrote the music like the the general consensus that david bowie wrote all the music and iggy pop wrote all the lyrics i don't know if that's true or not but that's the general consensus of it right and mm-hmm. um i mean you can tell i mean i don't know obviously iggy pop as a uh musical his musical side but i mean I, this sounds like david bowie to me right like totally that yeah, that album sounds like David Bowie, and I kind of, and I knew that going in when I first listened to it that this mm-hmm. is David Bowie all over it. But like, yeah, like the saxophone, like yeah. that, like those sax solos no are way. all David really? Bowie. Yes, yes, that's David Bowie on there, right? Like, <laughs> it's just it's 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 a crazy album. Like from that side of it, it's just something different than I had ever heard, and a totally different approach. Um, which I thought was kind of refreshing. I don't know, you know what I mean? And it's just, the album tone is just, it's funky, it's dark, it's... Um, it's very 1977, it's low... Post-punk, post-punk, post, but... It's, it's, very, it's very dark, Berlin, druggy, that yeah. kind of a thing. I mean, how you might imagine it, it's... Like it, it's definitely a stitch in but time. Is that and, the beginning of that and, stitch and it, in time? I think because a lot of people, what I've read just very briefly is like Joy Division kind of got their vibe off of that, and like you know, Eggy, I, I think that's probably that's probably where everything this popped is off, like man. Him transcending yeah. punk rock, and like that's so punk rock, you know, to be done with it in 1977 and to do this, which is something, yep. Yeah. Like you said, it's really nice. It's really cool listening to you guys explain it because I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just, like I just listened to the album about an hour <laughs> ago, and I'm like, yeah, it is all of this stuff that you guys are talking about. But it seems like it was yeah. just yeah. groundbreaking in every sense of the matter, right? And like, well, yeah. well, you've got this guy who is like self mutilating himself on stage and doing all this crazy shit through in the stooges. Right. And he's been doing this for so many years. And then all of a sudden David Bowie takes him under his wing and he comes out with his very first solo record, which you're all probably all expecting to be wild and crazy. And I'm going to cut myself up and, (laughs) you know, completely different. And it's not like that at all, you know? And it's also like he, like you can tell there was a switch in the drugs when I you know when it. when you have the when you have the certain energy of the stooges and then when he yeah. gets over there it's a complete yeah. different thing and his vocal stylings just like you said there dane are awesome on this album i just love how he can go from like absolute deadpan and like yeah. robotic to like screaming out like 
you know, I think of like two instances on like mass production or even on like Sister Midnight when he's like, Can Oh, yeah, you hear me at all. It's just this awesome growl, and I'm like, It's so good. But in other songs, he's like, You know, he's stripped down, hey, dumb, baby, dumb boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, like you kind of dumb, dumb boys. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the opening of dumb, dumb boys. It's just so good too right okay like, so set this straight for me dave oh he's he's dead dun, dun. oh he's in jail no he's still living with his mother <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's gone straight he's gone straight Back so this album was recorded okay so i'm just gonna cut to the chase here so china girl is on this mm-hmm. yeah. album which really surprised yes. me yeah. I- iggy pop did that song first i yes. have no so idea iggy, iggy pop and yeah, so Iggy Pop and David Bowie wrote and recorded China Girl together. And then, uh, what was it, Eight, in 76, well, they recorded in 76. So this was just before the David Bowie's Berlin Trilogy, which is uh, Low, Heroes, Low. and uh, Lodger. Yeah. And, and, it, and for me, it, it seems like the trilogy would have been uh, you know, the idiot and then low and then heroes. Like they're just all in that same damn year. They were all dropped, right? And Lust for Life. Lust, Lust for Life yeah. is in there too, right? Like they totally. recorded Lust for Life like really? released the did. same wow. year. Yeah. 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 All the 77. Media, right? And a totally different feel yeah. on that album. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like totally different. Fun right? album. <laughs> it is. From, from a dark <laughs> Berlin yeah. to something fun. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy yeah. Um, but and oh, then, and that, yeah, he he redid China Girl. Fun. What was it? Three? What was it? Eighty three? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was when Bowie the, released yeah. his version. Yeah, yeah. So, and he took Sister Midnight too and reworked it into um, Red Money. That yeah, he changed all the lyrics. Changed all the lyrics, but like the groove and the the everything is exactly the same. He just took it and went with it. So he's like, he took two songs off that album. It was just like, I wrote these. I'll yeah. take these now. Thank you. Like. And nobody really seemed to mind. It was just like, here's, you know, I'm going to redo this song that Iggy Pop did, which is my song, but I'm going to redo it in my style and become one of my biggest hits of all time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, no big deal. Like, it just, it, it blows my mind. But, um, yeah, just the different, I, I, I like the highs and the lows of this album, too. Like I said, like, just his, the way he even on like nightclub and right, like he'll do that, like campy, uh, you know, not clubbing. Like he'll do the, you know, that kind of schmaltzy style. But then the next time he's like, night yeah. clubbing, yeah. <laughs> night clubbing. And it's just like, okay, what's he on now? Right. Like, it's just that, that hook, that, that, that bass and snare hook. That's yeah. just so, you know, when I read too, I didn't know this that they David Bowie wanted to switch it out. That was just a placeholder for a no real way. drum kit. He just all they had, they didn't have a drum kit in the studio, so they had this old rolling drum machine. So they put it on, and that was the sound. And then David Bowie wanted it off, and he pops like, "No, you got to yep. leave it. It's got to be like that, right?" So and now it's um, iconic. Oh, it's like it's so simple though. That's the thing, right? Like I said at the beginning. There's so many repetitive and simple things on this album. That, you know, it just makes it, it kind of makes way for the rest of everything else that needed to come through vocally. The feel of that, like Berlin cracked out mm-hmm. feel of, you know, clubbing on a Saturday night or on a Tuesday night. <laughs> um, 
But I just like too, I, I you know, it was this back and forth between David Bowie and Iggy Pop where they would just either be passed out or gone home and he'd be like, is Iggy gone? Like, okay, great. Now we can do some shit, right? And then it's just like get behind there and start doing whatever and then vice versa, right? Like, is David Bowie gone? Like, I got to do some stuff on here. So it was, I, they didn't work together very much from what I've read, mm-hmm. but when they did they kind of came came together on these ideas and then just went off on their own thing. It was like a, you know, a duet kind of project. Right. But it was kind of like, and I kind of got a sense of like the very first time I listened to it, it was kind of like Leonard Cohen a little bit. Like the vocals is like kind of like Leonard Cohen style. That vibe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like kind of talking it, kind of speaking it kind of thing. Um. But I and I, I guess I like the idea of David Bowie hanging out with Iggy Pop too, right? In the late seventies, I don't know what it is, but like, you know, just the two of them being friends and like hanging out just seems like kind of the oddest couple ever, uh, but not at the same time, right? And all their drug stories and everything, right? Like, you know, he takes them on tour for like station to station, takes Iggy Pop on tour. They get busted for pot in Rochester, New York. And Iggy Pop doesn't have any money, so he has David Bowie has to buy him a suit so he can go to court, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> this is you can't make that shit up. It's just good, right? Like, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just something about that album. I guess the darkness of it, the um, the vibe of it, the feel of it. Um, Musically, I don't know if there's anything like spectacular on it for me, right? Like there's no like standout kind of instrument or, you know, other than the vocals, I guess. Or and Bowie on the sax. Maybe. <laughs> Bowie yeah. on the sax is so good. It's, you can't deny it. It's, it's fantastic. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's not like you're like, oh, the, the bass on this song or on the, on this album is unreal or the drums or the guitar. It's just kind of like, it's there. All right, the parts but, that were there were exactly where they needed to be. Nothing yeah. had to really shine, and it fits the songs, which is yeah. which is really cool. I mean, I, I like how stripped down it is, and it's not over thought out, and it's not, you know, let's have a, a screaming guitar solo for three minutes, and you know, like like you go back to other rock albums of that era, and it's <clears throat> it's it has more parts than it needs. And this is so simple. And I, and even if you look at this album, it doesn't, it's, it's so basic and the flow is so smooth and it doesn't have a lot of changes in it where there's, there's no standout chorus parts. Nope. In it, like there's no chorusy hooks. It's just, this is the song and the whole song just flows or the whole album flows. So. I think so. Yeah. Um, I went a little bit deeper on it because I wanted to know why the album was called The Idiot. So I, because I had no idea. So it's from um, Dostoevsky's um, novel, The Idiot. Yeah. And there was a quote, or not a quote, but like, I've never read this or had no idea about it. But uh, it's a young man's goodness, open-hearted simplicity... Um, many of the worldly characters uh, he encounters mistakenly assume that he lacks intelligence and insight. And I was like, maybe that's Iggy Pop, right? Like, maybe that's where they got that from, right? The fact that the guy is running around mutilating himself and, like, 
smearing being an idiot. peanut butter and yeah yeah smearing stuff with peanut butter and doing whatever else he's doing but really maybe the guy is you know quite smart and has lots of insight <clears throat> and you know where he goes in his solo career i mean he's got an insane amount of albums right yep. and don't get me wrong they're not all listenable like mm-hmm. there's very few that are listenable because I tried. I was like, "Well, oh, this is great. Like every Higgy <laughs> Pop album is great, right? Like yeah. I listen to Less for Life. I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> Let's keep going. Like this is awesome, right? And then I got to like album three when David yep. Bowie's no longer there. And I'm like, boom, eh. and a wall. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Like that's Stooges about the end of and this. first two solo albums. And then it's hard. Afterwards. Yeah, and then it's a tough listen, right? So I'm like, <laughs> but, you know, maybe maybe he didn't have, you know, that much insight and intelligence that way. But, you know, the fact that David Bowie got him going mm-hmm. is probably, you know, I don't know if he ever would have done this by himself, right? It kind of was like David yeah. Bowie gave him the push and then he was like, okay, great, I'll take it from here. And then he made a name for himself and the rest is history, right? So, And then you look at the longevity. I mean, he has outlived everyone. All those guys. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. And probably did more drugs or exactly. as many drugs as them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but just a cool cat too, right? Like I've seen lots of interviews with him and he's a very interesting guy in an interview. He's pretty real though too. Um, and that's, that's also neat to see. But, um, you know, we talked about Mike Patton's like solo album, his first solo album, and something that you thought what you what you were gonna get. And I guess this is again another 180 of what you thought you were gonna get. And you know, with Mike Patton, you did not get Faith No More. You did not get a Faith No More solo record. You got sounds in a in a hotel room, <clears throat> right? That were just random. This one, you thought you were getting that, but really, you got this kind of campy, schmaltzy, deadpan sarcastic dark album that basically got helped out by one of the best musicians of that time uh and probably of all time definitely and there you go we'll send you on your way and you're good for life now right so um yeah just an interesting story with that too but you were going back to the passenger dane i was thinking about the passenger (laughs) um there was, I don't know if you guys, um, the Batman Forever soundtrack. You remember the? Yeah, Batman we Forever we soundtrack? had talked about that too. I know. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah? Seal. There, there's a Michael. There's a Michael Hutchins. Yeah, it's that song okay, on so, there. Seal's yeah, on okay. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a Michael Hutchins version no of way. the Passenger on Brilliant. Batman Forever soundtrack, and it's fantastic. But it's not on Spotify. It's not on anything. You got to YouTube it. But um, it's it doesn't sound really anything like the original it's, it's but, the same groove it's just all yeah. the in- instruments are simplified and it's more of a it's more of like a guitar or sorry like a, a bass and a drum drone i'll have to check yeah. that out yeah with vocals it's, wor- it's worth a listen though because i yeah, i like killer. the original but i think that version is huh. fantastic <clears throat> yeah yeah well i bought yeah. i bought that cd when that movie first came out and yeah it's so damn good it was good. There was a bunch of songs on there too. There was an Offspring song on there that I liked. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a huge Offspring fan. There was a bunch of songs on that Interesting. on that album, but Solid I can't offering. find. I don't know what it is with soundtracks on Spotify. I, I have a tough time finding full soundtracks. Yeah. yeah the, the movie. I don't know. It must be some yeah, kind of copyright thing. With the movie companies. Maybe it's on Apple or something. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But. 
Anyways, that's I, I think that's all I needed to say about David Bowie, the idiot. I'm just checking my notes, but I got a um, question for you. It's okay. So with yeah. everything that you said, like, yeah, okay. So Iggy Pop has Iggy Pop is like he is Iggy Pop. Like, there's no mistaking who that guy is. But it seems as though he was just a conduit for David Bowie in, in this, like, not only this album but this period of time. Like, do you think he could have just switched out any kind of like burnt out punk rocker who was looking for like a new, a new jam kind of thing? And like, you would have gotten the same result. Cause like, it sounds like David Bowie was all over this album. And like, um, Mm -hmm. you can almost sometimes mistake Eggy Pop for, for David Bowie when he's singing. So like, if, do you think you could have just switched out anyone and, and gotten more or less the same result? I don't it think needed so. to be Iggy it's, Pop, you know, it, it, Iggy. It had to be he, and he was so he was so unique. Like he could stand out. His his vocals could sound his, his vocals and his flow, and just just feel behind it. it. I don't. I couldn't picture anybody else doing that. Right. Right. Because I almost yeah. I think can't. I'd have to agree with that. Because I thought about it for a second there, and I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, it was just a kind of ripe for the picking at that time too, right? Like mm-hmm. it felt like all of those pieces came together and coming from what Iggy Pop came from, um, it's almost like, you know, David Bowie's just kind of presenting this new like person to you, right? It's just like, here you go. This is who you thought this was, but this is who this really is now, right? Like he's kind of like under my tutelage right. and right. here you go, right? Like this is what he does. But um, I just think those like that whole campy, deadpan side of him um that's what makes this album right that that iggy pop side is what makes this album and i'm sure david bowie told him to probably sing like that but it works right like and i don't know of anybody else at that time that would have fallen into that role perfectly i got two for you possibly maybe i'm gonna trip you out are you ready yes okay sure first one was like (laughs) i thought of it right away like nick cave Okay. Mm-hmm. Nick Cave would have been Second, great on that album. Yes. Neil Diamond. Yeah. Neil Diamond would have been good on there too. Oh. It, it's the no. same kind no. of. You know what? It, no. I don't know. No. Okay. No. Okay. I can see no. that. I can see it. <laughs> Just picturing Neil Diamond and David Bowie in Berlin on Smack. I'm saying, I'm recording saying this, this and going night of the video game, and there's three bodies bouncing up and down, and you can pick whoever you want. And there's Iggy Pop, <laughs> and there's Neil Diamond, and there's Nick Cave. And like, would you be able to? Without hearing the idiot, I probably would have just picked Iggy Pop. Yeah. If I was just, I was like, oh, sweet Iggy Pop. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to click that. Iggy but Pop's the only one that could with. beat the last boss. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. No, I can see where you're coming from with Neil Diamond because it's kind of that same. Again, yeah. it's that campy yeah. side, though, I think, more than anything, right? Like, he can't do the, the dead pattern. Maybe Neil Diamond can, but. Um, I can see where you're coming from on that. Yes. But I think Nick K would have been a, maybe a even, you know, if I had to pick somebody else other than maybe he'd been my number two, cause that's a good, good, uh, good pick on that because well, maybe, maybe lust for life, I guess, but not, not the idiot. Probably yeah. not, but the strange thoughts that 
were going through my Must mind be. when I listened to it today. Oh yeah, it's like the yeah. what if. You remember remember those comics? You remember the what if comics? Like the choose your own adventure? No, no. Like um it was like maybe it wasn't called what if. It was those like Spider-Man comics like what if Spider-Man did this? alternate universe oh, things. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. alternate universe when we were kids. It was like, yeah, what if this happened? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that, right? Like what if, you know, Getty Lee produced Master of Puppets? It'd be exactly. like one of those kind of thing, right? Like At least <laughs> That was a great Neil <laughs> Neil Pertin. <laughs> going, <laughs> going from a, from going from recording Neil Pert to recording Lars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing, Lars? Stop it. <laughs> Play it right. We're going to have more lyrics about spacemen and... More spacemen and trees stuff. and wooded basements in, in Canada. Yeah. Basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Iggy Pop the Idiot. Thanks. This is, thanks awesome. for letting me talk about it. It's, uh, Was that a release? It. Was it's, that it's two a good years one, in the so. making? Do you feel <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of, it was just like, I, who wants to hear me talk about the idiot for 32 minutes. So thank you guys for letting me, uh, for being the sounding board on that. Cause it's, I don't know what it is about that album. It's got a special place for me now. And, uh, it's, it's good to talk about it and just kind of, cause again, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't even know why I like this album. Like, what do I like about this album? You know what I mean? It's one of those, but, um, there's lots. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. 